extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there. And the store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. Pray into the Wi-Fi gods before we start, just in case. I apparently my energy is like super crazy today. My watch died on me. Never dies on me. My Apple Watch and mm. my phone is like at ten percent, whereas it's never at ten percent unless I'm on the TikToks most of the day. So, huh? Could be me eating the Wi-Fi. Oh. Why? I have no idea. Got to investigate that. Yeah, but y'all are here listening to Oddity Files, the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. (laughs) And I'm Nick Floyd, just jumping right in. Yeah, well, I've already bitched, so that's out of the way. Um, How are you doing, Mr. Nick Floyd? Doing pretty good. I feel like we just talked like three days ago, which I guess we did. Totally did. And I edited it today, so it's like I just spoke to you. (laughs) Yeah, it's like nothing. Uh, Nothing. Nothing is going on, really. It's Tuesday. That's cool. Um, I I forgot to mention last week when I was in Florida, Florida, visiting some friends. Uh, have you have you watched the show Hot Ones before? It's like the, the celebrities who eat the ten hot sauces. No, but we have a mutual friend who worked on that show. That's why I've heard of it. Oh yeah, Corey. yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Corey. Um, but yeah, it's a, a friend was like, Hey, we're it's Cinco de Mayo. We're going to do, I have all the hot sauces. Do you want to come over and, and do the hot ones? Like just for oh, fun. Fucking crazy. Ew. I hate hot stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, like now that I've done it, cause it's not all terrible. It's all like a head game, right? Like it's all in your head as you're doing it until you get to like the eighth sauce, which was the most unpleasant like worst pain I have felt. It was it was terrible. Uh, it didn't go away for like half an hour. Oh, see, I you know I can't even do like Taco Bell hot sauce. Oh, to be perfectly honest. Well, th- <laughs> well like the thing is, the first hot sauce like it starts at like a Tabasco. Um, uh, what's the like a sriracha? Like that's usually that's the starting point, and then you work up to like ghost pepper and all that shit. But I say all that to say that like I am now obsessed with hot. I've always liked hot stuff, but I feel like I'm a connoisseur now that I've done it. So I have like <laughs> I'm starting to build my hot sauce collection. So I made burgers for dinner tonight, and I got this pineapple habanero. I just didn't even put cheese; just covered my burger in it. That's all. And I was like, the flavor of this is fantastic. <laughs> Ew! I'm throwing up in my mouth a little bit. No, can't do. It. I can't even do Tabasco. 
Mm. I can't. I, you know, buffalo sauce, too spicy. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, my dad... The flavor is amazing, but my tongue burns for hours. You just don't like... Well, my dad is like, he's such a big... He He's like, oh, you, you want to have this pepper? You want to have this pepper? He's all about the spice. And so I ordered one that was like a four chili season blend. It was like a ghost pepper, a, a scorpion pepper, uh, and like two other peppers. It was a four pepper blend. It was very, it's very hot. Uh, it's very hot. There were warning labels on it, but it's good. Like it's a good hot. And my dad, my dad took a bite, and I was like, "No, oh, that's all you're gonna need." And he took a bite. He goes, "Yeah, that's that's that should be illegal. That's too hot." <laughs> so I'm like, "I got you." Play got you in your own game after all these years. <laughs> Chris and I have the same intolerance to spicy foods. I don't know. Call it an allergy. I just don't like it. I just don't like the way my tongue feels when there's spice on it. Um, but my ex, like I'd have to make a chili. Like, okay, so he was in the military. I lived in Germany for a couple of years. So it was always, you know, the boys would come over and drink beers and kids, he would make chili. And I'd make the chili. I'd take a bowl for myself and then set it to the side. And then the ex would spice it. And they would sit there sweating while they're eating. And I'm looking at them like, how is this fucking enjoy? I just don't get it. It's just, I don't know. I'm not judging anybody but him because of it. Um, but no, not my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a line, I think, and that's what I, I learned is there, there's there's a line to it, but there's something about having this, which this this if you if you like spicy stuff and you really want to go all in and you really want to do like the ghost pepper, scorpion pepper, it's a, it, the hot sauce is called Fire Fire. It's F I Y A F I Y A. You can get it on Amazon. Oh, like Fire. Yeah, exactly, and it's like it's the perfect thing because if you like spicy and you want to you want to like ease into the crazy heat you just put a little drop on a burger or chicken that you're eating or like in chili that you're making and it's fine but i wouldn't do like eight dabs because i you just die you wouldn't taste anything anymore i would die with that one dab <laughs> i would and then i'd come back and haunt your fucking ass maybe that's what going we this is do. your fault we should do like a Patreon level or something where if someone contributes to this like gold star Patreon level, we do an episode where you and I do the hot ones challenge and try to podcast at the same time. Would I do it for money? Yes, See? I absolutely would. That would be like there was a guy I knew who was a stand up comic and he ate uh, a ghost pepper and then did his stand up routine after he ate the ghost pepper. It's great. Mm mm. Speaking of that, how are your stand-up dreams and hopes going? Oh, you know, it's like I, I try to look at things. Well, actually, I try not to look at. I don't read into things anymore. I don't. I don't look at things. Be like, oh, the universe is giving me a sign because the moment we finished recording on Saturday, and I talked about it like openly on the podcast, there was a video that was on uh, that popped up on the time on the Twitter timeline, and it was a comedian who was doing like a three-minute pitch of like why you should become a stand-up comic but it was like an anti-pitch about how awful it is and how people stab you in the back and no one wants to do it and they expect to be funny all the time it was like oh was wow. it a lady yeah yeah yeah. i saw that it was actually really good it was super good because it starts off and it gets you and then like 30 yeah. seconds in she's like and then you do this and this and it's and i was like yeah i'm not gonna look at I that totally as a sign. would have taken that as a sign but you know i see everything as a sign 
It's just yeah. who I am. You gotta pick <laughs> and choose. You gotta pick and choose. Speaking of signs in the the uh, how can I segue this? Signs in the the world of paranormal. Did you hear that sixty minutes last Sunday was all about UFOs? I did. Did you watch it? I didn't. I you know, I don't know. Talk to me and then I'll talk to you. You you watch it apparently, didn't you? No, no? I, okay. I don't have cable anymore. So um, I was you. on somebody else's <laughs> podcast Sunday and they had brought it up and they said that it was, you know, just very bottom of the barrel into ufology kind of talk. So if anybody's like super into this, that wasn't the show for them. And I was like, however, that's just bringing more weirdos to our park. They'll catch up eventually. So it's not a bad thing. At least it's on, you know, a major network on a a very reputable show. Yeah. Um, And then I read an article about it today. And apparently... do I have it in front of me? No. Do I know anybody's names? No, we know this. It's, you know, however many podcasts, I suck at names. But some guy <laughs> said that um, the stuff that's about to be released is going to scare the shit out of everybody. However, he did say that it's, it doesn't have to be aliens. And the article kind of led you to believe it's other countries with yeah. shit, flying shit they shouldn't have. Yeah, it's which is fucking terrifying. I think I read the same article that sort of recapped it, and they said it was one of three things. It was truly alien, alien technology. Um, it was our own technology that the people, because the thing is, is like these government facilities, these government agencies don't talk to each other. So no, the the our local police department doesn't necessarily talk to the FBI about shit that doesn't involve them and so if this is high level stuff above what like navy uh uh naval crews are seeing air force pilots are seeing if it's above that yes it's an unidentified flying object and yes it could be our own um so that's an option and then of course the third option is that it's um uh it is from other countries and i know that the interviewer was like why don't you blow blow it out of the sky and there, and that's what led people to believe that if it was our own, it's it's there for a reason. We don't touch it. If it's from another country, we study it and we monitor it and we make sure like you don't blow it out of the sky because it's not there as an act of war. It could have just traveled too far or whatever. Um, and if it were alien, you don't blow it up because you don't want to piss off who, whoever flew here. You don't want fucking War of the Worlds, okay? No, no, no not at all. But I, the more that this stuff comes out, and I hate to say it because I thought about it. Like, usually this shit would scare me. Ten years ago, I'd be pissing myself. I'd be terrified. Yeah. But the more that this shit comes out and the more that these, like, government agencies and stuff talk about it and the more it's on 60 Minutes, the less real it seems to me that... Yes, our universe is massive and ever-expanding, and we'll never, ever have all the answers. But if we don't have the technology, and this sounds ignorant, but really think about it. If we don't have the technology to travel to... If we're just still doing shit on the moon that we've been doing since since the 60s... Yeah. What other being out there is so developed that they can hop across galaxies... Uh, or our own universe to 
come put a craft that's just kind of floating around with on our earth and then zipping back and taking what the fuck back like yeah shitty details that we're all selfish and (laughs) and won't stop looking at some uh, rectangle thing in our hands hands? yeah exactly um and they're smaller than i thought they were as well the more i read them they're like six feet long yeah it's it's a fucking drone is what it is it it very every single thing that's been released it it I don't know the the depth perception from the um, the the planes and the jets who are capturing them, but they do look very small, which leads me to believe that they are just coming from here, our Earth. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's becoming less and less real, which is sad. But also, yeah, it's not sad because as I've grown older, I've stopped living in this fantasy sci-fi bubble and actually looked into how fascinating the cosmos are and how any 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 new form of you know when the mars rover was on was placed down and it came back and it was like we found a source of water that was a technically an alien life form technically because it's alien to us and to the planet i was like that's fucking cool i am totally on board with that i don't need you know m night Shyamalan aliens I don't need that. I like science is interesting. Yeah, I saw a photo the other day of a a star being sucked up by a black hole, and it was fucking terrifying, but gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely stunning. Yeah. So yeah, if any of you guys watched the sixty minutes episode, because apparently we didn't, um, and we missed anything, let us know. We've got a Facebook group. We've got the Twitter. We've got the Instagram. Everything's at flow page. Slash oddity files. You know, Nick and I like to talk about a lot of streaming services because neither one of us have cable. And that's what we watch. Um, I did read some. Oh, do you have Shudder? Let me talk about this first. Do you have Shudder? I I had Shudder for myself and I canceled my subscription in order to gift my sister a subscription for Christmas. Oh, that's cool. Well, a movie I was in is now on Shudder. So... It's called Found. It was filmed right here in Bloomington, Indiana by some friends of mine. Oh. And I had seen on Twitter today. It's about, uh, it's horror slash serial killer slash a coming of age movie. I have a little bit part where uh, the main character beats up my son and I'm pissed. So (laughs) I still have red hair. It's that old. But um, (laughs) yeah, so check it out. It's called Found, period, on Shudder. Not spelled out, period, just the period also um alexa told me yesterday <laughs> oh she's listening god damn it um yesterday by the beatles no alexa cancel alexa no cancel <gasps> gonna get us hit with those copyright issues <laughs> i know um she well she showed me because it's an echo show that discovery plus and hbo are merging with like a 36 million billion dollar price tag yeah which i'm super stoked (laughs) it's insane um but it's like a from what i can understand it was kind of hard to grasp i try to stay on top of this shit but it's like at&t bought warner media for fuck ton and then was like we don't know what to do to maintain this it's gonna cost so much money we just don't know what to do with it so let's sell it and so they sold it Um, so scripts bought it instead of the other way around yeah 
Good for them. Yeah, from from what I from what I know. So now they're going to turn Discovery Plus and Warner Media into uh, whatever. I, I guess they're going to roll it all into HBO Max. Maybe I, it's all very unclear. Uh, I mean, maybe it's more clear for intelligent people, but I'm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a very confusing deal because it's like a volleyball. Like AT and T ha- like acquired it, and then now AT and T is like, mm, we don't want it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this. Streaming so is hard. So friend of the show and executive producer Doug Malden Locke works for Discovery. He actually won a fucking Emmy. Oh, shit. He, he works in their cloud department with all the live streaming stuff they used to do. Not streaming. The live stuff they used to do on the network. Yeah. So good for Doug. I've been meaning to call that out there. So maybe Doug understands it more than we do. I'll have to get in touch with him and let you know. Yeah. But speaking of Discovery Plus... I read two news articles about some paranormal newness going on over there shortly. Um, Ghost Hunters is back. So there was Ghost Hunters on Sci-Fi. It was the very first paranormal show ever, in case y'all are new to the world of paranormal TV, which I don't even know how that's possible. But um, so it started out with Ghost Hunters on Sci-Fi, and then the 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 boys that go on adventures that with ghosts came out after that. I think think it is. but then they all split up. Adam and Amy, these are the cast members, started Kindred Spirits. Um, Grant Wilson took the actual Ghost Hunters name to A&E and then recast it all with all new people that I was not a fan of. I tried, I really tried to watch it. I just couldn't get into it. And then Grant <laughs> left. And then you have the other Taps guys, which started Ghost Nation on Travel slash Discovery Plus, which is Steve Gonzalez, I'm sorry, Steve, and Dave Tango. Um, And and that was, watching that one was like watching the Ghost Hunters. Oh, yeah. You know, Midas, Adam, and Amy, but you could watch their show and and be just fine. But the boys who were doing Ghost Nation got the name back of Ghost Hunters, and they're going to Discovery Plus with it. So all the ghost drama... Yeah. In the world. (laughs) Good old Dave Tango. I got some stories about Dave Tango. I love him. He was. I must hear these stories. I'll tell you off podcast. I can't tell. I was underage at the time. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you. (laughs) Did it have to do with magic? Because I have seen said magic from Dave Tango in person, and I was impressed. Um, Potentially. Okay. I'll have to recall it it all. Uh, Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, So that's super exciting. I'm sure there were lawsuits and all kinds of stuff I don't even want to know about. But congratulations to the new Ghost Hunters show. And then more Discovery Plus. Zach Baggins, 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 and Eli Roth are teaming up. For a new TV I like show. one of the two of those guys. That's for I, sure. I, I, I was going to ask. I was going to ask. So I guess Eli's a huge Baggins fan. They're both in Vegas. I think Zach had something to do with Eli's haunted attraction there. Mm. And Eli's a huge fan of the haunted museum there. Well, so we know my love affair with mysteries at the museum. Mm-hmm. The love affair is really with Don, the wild man, <laughs> wild man. But I think Zach is is kind of taking a nudge from that whole thing, Mysteries at the Museum, and going to do all the things about his 
Haunted Museum in Las Vegas. So he's going to talk about the items, and then Eli's going to direct, like, reenactments, telling the stories about the items in his museum. That's interesting. Interesting? Yeah. (laughs) Can we get Don Wildman? I'm just putting it out there. Just bring him back. Yeah, because Zach's going to take Don's part. and I mean, Zach's in every fucking show on the Travel Channel. Give someone else a chance. Come on, we've talked about this. Don is way sexier, Zach. (laughs) Sorry. I will say, for Discovery Plus, uh, I sort of had this epiphany the other day because after all the merger stuff and like seeing new shows coming and all that, I was like, you know, besides you, I still don't really know who Discovery Plus is for, even. Um, And then... It came to me that so many people on Netflix love these true crime shows, right? Like, they are Mm -hmm. obsessed with them. And the best true crime show ever is on Discovery+. And all it is is it's just binge-watching Guy Fieri shows and realizing how the fuck he still looks the same over the last 20 years of doing television. (laughs) Who's Guy Fieri? (laughs) Guy Fieri's got the frosted tips. Oh, the cooking guy? The cooking guy. He's, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, seriously, hasn't aged a day. I mean, putting Paul yeah. Rudd to shame. Uh, his tips are more frosted than they have ever been. So there's your true crime documentary. It's right in front of your face. $5 yeah. a month. You have hours and hours of content to take notes, figure out little key words that Guy Fieri might have said over the years. <laughs> to lead you to the fountain of youth. Yeah. There's your true crime time. There's your reason to get Discovery Plus. Endorse us. Done. There you go. Well, I mean, plus you have every single episode of everything from the ID channel, which is the real true crime channel. That's, You've yes. got the Magnolia Network, you know, those that cute little couple. God Joanna. Chip and, and Joanna Gaines. Yeah. You've got all their stuff. You got the Oprah Network. Okay, Discovery, hire me right now. You've got all those 90-day fiancé things, all the HGTV shit. I mean, it's literally the only channels. And Cooking Network, like you said. Yep. All the stuff. And then you add HBO to it. I just need that Netflix now. It's over. It's It's over. over. It's going to cost more than cable before we know it. Shit, we're going to be going backwards. I'm close. (laughs) I'm close. (laughs) Okay. That was... All the stuff I had to go over. I'm sure, what are we, 45 minutes in? No, 20. We're good. Jess, you're up. Hey there, oddballs. It's Jess from Misfortune Astrology here with your weekly energy forecast. All right, folks, buckle up because it is go time. Everyone's favorite asshole is going retrograde on Saturday, May 29th. Mercury has made it all the way to 24 degrees of his home sign, Gemini. But over the course of the next several weeks, he's going to backtrack down to 16 degrees causing a whole bunch of bullshit for everyone. How much bullshit depends completely on your natal chart, but one thing is certain. There's a lot of information out there that has yet to be revealed to us, and it's coming in hot. Mercury in Gemini is all about choices and variety. It's about learning for the sake of learning. Mercury retrograde through this sign is asking us to refine what we think we know. It isn't time to make that final choice just yet, and if we jump the gun and select something prematurely, it is almost certain to come back and bite us in the ass when the energy corrects itself. Remember, this is a three-part cycle that does not end when Mercury spins direct on June 22nd. 
Planets actually spend two-thirds of their retrograde cycles traveling in direct motion, but most people ignore those parts and get fucked right in the ass because of it. Don't believe me? Try acting on a Mercury-themed issue before the second week of July, and then report back. I once had a friend hire a personal assistant during the post-shadow. That assistant was later caught robbing her store, to the tune of $100 worth of merchandise. Another friend signed a purchase and sale agreement on a new house during the last Mercury retrograde post-shadow. It was only two days before the cycle ended, so she thought she was safe. She wasn't. Turns out the seller had a bankruptcy proceeding going on in another state, and she didn't disclose it. Suffice it to say, closing was delayed repeatedly. In short, Mercury retrograde is a giant pain in the balls, so don't fucking tempt fate, okay? And if you want more information on how not to tempt fate, download my ebook on how to survive this shit. It's only 10 bucks, and you can find it on my website. Monday the 31st sees Mars forming a nice, quiet trine to Neptune, from 23 degrees of Cancer to Pisces. Mars in Cancer has been mercifully quiet, which is good, because he's cranky as fuck there. But this aspect is a nice one. It's not terribly high energy. In fact, it's downright passive, but it is stimulating and quite spiritual. It's a great time to be around others who enjoy the same types of music, art, or worship that you enjoy. The energy fosters goodwill and, in some cases, magnetic and sultry encounters. Finally, Venus moves into Cancer on Wednesday the 2nd, having zipped right through Gemini. Venus in Cancer turns our focus towards family. Venus is loving energy, and Cancer is the sign of motherhood and nurturing, so they pair pretty well together. People who have Venus in Cancer in the natal chart tend to be very romantic types who know how to take care of their families. But more shadowy expressions of Venus in Cancer result in people who are entirely too dependent on their parents and who basically fail to launch. This transit will allow for bonding and deeper intimacy to flourish. But it's another quick trip for our resident goddess. She moves into Fiery Leo on June 27th. If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneastrology.com. I offer many different types of tarot and astrology readings, and you can also help support my small business by checking out my shop, where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and lots of other cool merch. For daily horoscopes and plenty of inappropriate humor, come find me on social media at misfortune1111. Ciao for now. Time isn't real. <laughs> it's not. It's not at all. Oh, Jess, you know, I, I think I'm just going to hide under the blankets this week and just call it a week. You know, self-care is what I'm going to call it. Um, <laughs> what if something good? It's like, and the sun is shining and uh, today's Jess. a great day to go out. And you're like, I'm, I'm going to hide under a blanket this week. <laughs> it's Jess. She always brings up the bad shit because yep. that's the shit we need to know about. Yeah. I am your sunshine day. Everybody singing sunshine. And then Jess, you know, she just reels me back in. Gotta love her for that. Check her out at misfortuneastrology.com. I do have some paranormal in the news. Believe it or not, all that discovery talk was not my paranormal in the news. I had a lot of shit going on today. It's like everywhere I turn, I'm like, oh, add that to the show notes. So this comes actually from foxnews.com, oh. which... Eh, to be taken still. with a grain of salt. Well, well, I mean, I like it, though. Um, woman finds bizarre symbols drawn behind kitchen cabinets, prompting fears that her house is cursed. These don't look like schematics or blueprints. A woman looking for her cat says she recently discovered a bizarre... S- <laughs> right, Fox News. Um... She was looking for her cat. They don't ever say the cat's name, and I'm slightly disappointed. What a shame. Um, 
she recently discovered a bar bizarre set of drawings hidden under her kitchen cabinets. To make the situation even more mysterious, the paper that the symbols were drawn on was apparently covering up a strange hole in the wall. A woman named Angelica posted her story to TikTok. Of course she did. Oh, yeah. Where she explained, that's that's our news today. The TikTok. Yep. Do you want me to go any further? That's that's just I I it's so hard <laughs> for me right now because of all days, and I know it has nothing to do with anything, but today's the 20th anniversary of Shrek. And so as you're talking about this cat and these signs that were like etched in, I just think of Puss in Boots, like scratch, like the cat scratching <laughs> these signs. It's a, it, Listen, it's a stretch, but God damn it, here we are. <laughs> well, happy birthday anniversary, Mr. Shrek. I appreciate the hell out of you. I'm just saying that. There's not enough Mike Myers in the world no, anymore. No. Can we just put that out there? Okay, so Angelica posted this on the Tickety Talks, um, posted several follow-up videos, including one where she reveals that the piece of paper had been placed over a hole in the wall. When the couple explored behind the hole, all they found were a random piece of cardboard and a cup from 7-Eleven that appears to be several years old. The couple then burned the paper to get rid of it. Several commenters on TikTok claimed to have deciphered the images on the note, which they say may mean that the area is cursed. Others, however, claimed that the Im images looked more innocent. One commenter wrote, probably a kid's drawing covering up a hole they made. Probably. <laughs> Baby's first paranormal story. Fuck. Mystery solved. Yeah. Another user suggested a non-supernatural explanation for the hole in the wall explaining, <sighs> I don't know what the paper means. That's weird, but it looks like just a plumbing access to the hot tub. <laughs> because everybody's got a fucking opinion. I mean, everyone does. Like, uh, that's just the internet. Uh Oh. It's, it's it's ridiculous. Okay, some, oh, but also, there's logic there too. No, you know, I honestly think it's the child who drew a pretty picture for mommy to cover up. The like, hole. oops, punched a hole through your wall. Sorry, mom. <laughs> some users, however, felt that the couple found evidence of something supernatural. One commenter wrote, "The paper was meant to protect you. It was sealing away the bad omens." Nope, omens. And now you have nothing warding off the evil spirits. <laughs> and that's where the story ends. Oh. So apparently, you know, major news networks are getting their news from the tickety talk. That's the thing, I mean, Nick. I want to say it's a slow news week, but it's not. Like, no. It's, it's not. <laughs> nope. Not at all. There's it never so is. Uh, it's just funny. <laughs> it's funny seeing these journey, these uh, well-known. I'll call them well-known uh, mm -hmm. household name journalists sites who are who are just trying to create clickbait because they think, well, if we cover this TikTok story that has to do with ghosts, people will definitely read it on our website. Yeah, <laughs> you guys don't need to do that. There's more ghost bullshit on the tickety talks than anywhere, even yeah. more than Reddit. 
It's people so are, bad. People are so gullible. But then it's interesting. But the 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 no follow through thing bothers me so much. And then they realize they have something interesting, like the girl who 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 felt a draft in her New York apartment removed her mirror to reveal a hole, and then she did like an eight part TikTok of her climbing into the hole into this like hidden. Ap- it turns into a fucking series, and it's just all such bullshit and. It's just, and people are just, this is crazy. And then there's no follow through. And these people go back to making their dumb videos of their their dogs oh, yeah. and, and soup that they're making for dinner. Remember <laughs> in the olden days when journalists actually researched shit? Ah, yes. I mean, back in those days, they would have sent a reporter to the home and maybe brought a demonologist or a, 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 a witch or a, some kind of Wiccan practitioner to get to the bottom of it. I still bet it is a child's drawing covering up a hole that their sister pushed her head through the wall. Yeah. Or it's people on TikTok going, let's see if we can go viral. Can we go viral? Let's go viral. Dude, we're on Fox News. We're on Fox News. We made it. And then they're (laughs) like, oh shit, we hate Fox News. (laughs) We need to be on Vice. We need to to go for Vice. Vice Vice.com. They they didn't take the bait. Shit. What is this world turning into? I can't. I'm so old that I'm saying that. Or it really is that bad, though, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's definitely It's more than get off my lawn, kid. It really is. Yeah, it's insane because it, it seems like people are really bored. But there's really, it, it's really hard for the world to be boring if you take, if you put your phone down and have a conversation with a friend or go see nature or go watch a movie. Uh and not want to shit on it immediately after because you read on TikTok that someone thought that, you know, Tina Fey should have played the character that Scarlett Joe. I don't fucking know. Just. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Just, just fuck it. Yeah. Uh, people just be nice. Love one another. Don't tell lies on the tickety talk. Yeah. Because <sighs> you you know that they put. The, here's Here's the real deal. Okay. I'm I'm putting on my my Johnny Carson little turban, and I'm picking up the envelope. I'm gonna tell you exactly what happened. Okay, um, they drew the piece of paper themselves. They wanted to go viral on TikTok, and they're pissed. They ended up on Fox News. There it is, right yeah, there. Okay. There it is. It, listen, if you're gonna do something and you have an idea like that, don't put it on TikTok. One, read a book first. <laughs> Two, write a fucking book. Because imagine this wacky little video story you had that you thought would be funny and get picked up and then die in the news cycle immediately after. Imagine taking that one story, building a story around it, and writing a novel. Yeah. Hmm. We are old souls, Nick. Well, I'm an old lady, but you are an old soul. It's a circle (laughs) of life. Would you rather write a book that could eventually, five years down the line, be turned into a movie or a TV show, or make a TikTok that winds up on Fox News and then dies 24 hours later? Come on, people. No, over it. Let me be your life coach. (laughs) Do it. That's, That's what you need, like that. Shut the fuck up and do real life. That's the kind of life coach just live people just... need in their lives <laughs> holy shit uh, we're just both just super snarky today let's it's, tell stories it's wild it's wild today um okay <laughs> <laughs> oh did i tell you about my 37 dollar 
transition glasses I got oh. off of the Amazon. Look at that. So it's the bottom is like, you know, readers. And then mm -hmm. the middle is like blue blockers for computers. And the top is just normal. Oh, so you have to like yeah, it's tilt like, your head where you're. Mm -hmm. oh, nice. Which is what I need. Because again, like I said, I'm an old lady. But $37 as opposed to, you know, $1,000. 500 yeah. Literally. It's ridiculous. So Amazon. Amazon. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Sponsor us. No. <laughs> Just throw money at us. Mm. Okay. I know for a fact that you go first. I know for a fact I do as well. I was feeling confident it was just going to start, but then I was waiting for you to tell me I go first because I wasn't sure. <laughs> uh, no. Always always go with your gut. All right. So this uh, this story is eight, uh, eight years old. It is an eight-year-old story. And yes, it comes from the Reddits. And yes, it is a true story. Um, and it is a favorite amongst many. I have never heard of it. And it it got me real good. So uh, so here we are. I'm going to read it quick because it seems long, but it's not. Okay. Uh, but here we go. In a quiet room, if you press your ear against a pillow, you can hear your heartbeat. As a kid, the muffled rhythmic beat sounded like soft footsteps on a carpeted floor. And so as a kid, almost every night, just as I was about to drift off to sleep, I would hear these footsteps and I would be ripped back to consciousness, terrified. Bring it. <clears throat> For my entire childhood, I lived with my mother in a fairly nice neighborhood that was in a transitional phase. People of lower economic means were gradually moving in and my mother and I were two of these people. We lived in the kind of house you see being transported in two pieces on the interstate, but my mom took good care of it. There were a lot of woods surrounding the neighborhood that I would play in and explore during the day, but at night, as things often do to a kid, they took on a more sinister feeling. Mm -hmm. This coupled with the fact that due to the nature of our house, there was, there was a fairly large crawl space underneath filled my mind there, sorry, there's some grammatical issues. Uh, there's a very large <laughs> crawl space underneath that filled my mind with imaginary monsters and inescapable scenarios, which would consume my thoughts when I was awoken by said footsteps. I told my mom about the footsteps, and she said that I was just imagining things. I persisted enough that she blasted my ears with water from a turkey baster once just to placate me. What? Since I thought that would happen. Did anybody call child services? Just, oh my God. Honey, sit still. <laughs> I'll show you footsteps. You're not going to hear shit for a week. Let's face them ears, boy. <laughs> God damn, I hope it was warm water. Despite all the creepiness and footsteps, the only weird thing that ever happened was that every now and then I would wake up on the bottom bunk despite having gone to sleep on the top. But this wasn't really weird since I'd sometimes get up to piss or get something to drink and could remember just going back to sleep on the bottom bunk. I'm an only child, so it didn't matter. My oldest son always used to fall out of his bunk bed. <laughs> just roll off. Always. Even though it had the little guardrail, I'd just be like, oh, Zach fell out of bed again. You go check on him this time. <laughs> Uh, this would happen once or twice a week, but waking up on the bottom bunk wasn't too terrifying. But one night, I didn't wake up on the bottom bunk, and this is what happened. Oh, shit. I know where it's going. I know where it's going. Terrified. Okay. 
I heard the footsteps, but was too far gone to be woken up by them, and when I was awoken, it wasn't from the sound of footsteps or a nightmare, but because I was cold. Really cold. When I opened my eyes, I saw stars. I was in the woods. I sat up immediately and tried oh, to shit. figure out what was going on. I thought, I thought it was, was going to be under the house. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> twists and turns. Twists and turns. I thought it was dreaming, but that didn't seem right, though neither did me being in the woods. There was a deflated pool right in front of me, one of those ones shaped like a shark. This only added to the surreal feeling, but after a while, it seemed like I just wasn't going to wake up because I wasn't asleep. I stood up to orient myself, but I didn't recognize these woods. I played in the woods by my house all the time, and so I knew them really well. But if these weren't the same woods, then how could I get out? I took a step and felt a shooting pain in my foot, which knocked me back to where I had just been laying. I had stepped on a thorn. By the light Ow. of the moon, I could see that they were everywhere. I looked at my other foot, but it was fine. And as a matter of fact, so was the rest of me. I didn't have another scratch on me, and I wasn't even dirty. I cried for a little bit, and then stood back up. I didn't Something brought him to the thorn bushes, Nick. <laughs> I didn't know which way to go, so I just picked a direction. I resisted the urge to call out since I wasn't sure I wanted to be found by who or what might be out there. I walked for what seemed like hours. I tried to walk in a straight line and tried to course correct when I had taken uh, when I had to take detours, but I was a kid and I was afraid. There weren't any howls or screams, and only once did I hear any noise that scared me. It sounded like a crying baby. I think now that it was just a cat, but I panicked. I ran, veering in different directions to avoid big thicks of bushes and collapsed trees, and I was paying close attention to where I'd stepped because by that point my feet were in pretty bad shape. I paid too much attention to where I was stepping and not enough to where those steps were leading because not long after hearing the cry, I saw something that filled me with a kind of despair I haven't experienced since. No. It was the pool float. I was oh, only shit. 10 feet from where I had woken up. This wasn't magic or some supernatural space bending. I was lost. Up until that more, uh, moment, I thought more about getting out of the woods than how I got in, but being back at the beginning caused my mind to swim. I wasn't even sure that these were my woods. I had only been hoping that they were. Had I run in a large circle around that spot, or did I get turned around and start making my way back? How was I going to get out? At the time, I thought the North Star was just the brightest star, and so I looked and found the brightest one and followed it. Eventually, things started to look more familiar, and when I saw the ditch, uh, a dirt ditch my, friend, my friends and I would have dirt clawed wars in, I knew I had made it out. By that point, I was walking really slowly because my feet hurt so much, but I was so happy to be close to home that I broke into a light jog. When I actually saw the roof of my house over a neighboring lower set house, I let out a light sob and ran faster. I just wanted to be home. I had already decided that I wouldn't say anything because I had no idea what I could possibly say. I would get back in the house somehow, clean up, and get in bed. My heart sunk as I rounded the corner, and my house came fully into view. Every light in the house was on. Oh, he's going to be in so much trouble. <laughs> I knew my mom was up, and I knew I would have to explain or try to explain where I'd been, and I couldn't even figure out where to start. My run became a jog, which became a walk. 
I saw her silhouette through the blinds, and although I was worried about how to explain things to her that didn't matter to me at that point, I walked a couple of steps to the porch, put my hand on the doorknob, and turned. Right before I pushed it open, two arms wrapped around me and pulled me back. I screamed as loud as I could, Mom, help me, Mom, please! The feeling of being so close to being safe and then being physically pulled away from it filled me with a kind of dread that is, even after all these years, indescribable. Oh my god. This story is awesome. <laughs> the door I had been torn away, away from opened and a flash of hope shot through my heart. But it wasn't my mom. It was a man. And he was enormous. I thrashed around and kicked at the shins of the person holding me while also trying to get away from the person who had just come out of my house. I was scared, but I was furious. Let me go. Where is she? Where's my mom? What did you do to her? As my throat stung from screaming and I was drawing in another breath, I became aware of a sound that had been present for, a lo for longer than I had perceived it. Honey, please calm down. I've got you. It sounded like my mom. Oh, the arms loosened and oh, set me down. Now I'm gonna cry. <laughs> and as a, as the man approaching me blocked out the porch light with his head, I noticed his clothes. He was a cop. I turned to face the voice behind me and saw that it really was my mom. Everything was okay. I began to cry, and the three of us went inside. I'm so glad you're home, sweetie. I was worried I'd never see you again. By that point, she was crying too. I'm sorry, I don't know what happened. I just wanted to come home. I'm sorry. It's okay. Just don't ever do that again. I'm not sure me or my shins could take it. A little laughter broke through my sobs, and I smiled a bit. Well, I'm sorry for kicking you, but why'd you have to grab me like that? I was just afraid that you'd run away again. I was confused. What do you mean? We found your note on your pillow, she said and pointed at the piece of paper that the police officer was sliding across the table. I picked up the note and read it. It was a running away letter. It said that I was unhappy, never wanted to see her or any of my friends again. The police officer exchanged a few words with my mom on the porch while I stared at the letter. I didn't remember writing a letter. I didn't remember anything about any of this. But even if I sometimes went to the bathroom at night and didn't remember, or even if I could have gone into the woods on my own, even if all of that could have been true, the only thing I knew at this point was this. This isn't how you spell my name. I didn't write this letter. Uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Covered in goosebumps. There you go. That is so good. Twists go. and turns and all... The things. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So. so. I, I'm still stuck at the fact that he was in a bunch <laughs> of thorn bushes and not a scratch on him. That's where I'm stuck. How did he get there? Who yeah. spelled his name wrong? Was it a ghost? Was it Bigfoot? Was it Mothman? I just don't know. It's it's amazing. Uh, so, yeah. So, again, the story is actually nine years old. The user that put it up on Reddit is... Uh, 1,000 vultures. That's 1-0-0-0-1-0-0-0 vultures. And it's a multi-part story. Um, the story sort of continues to dig deeper as he asks his mom questions. Um, and then he went on to write a book about this, I believe. Oh, wow. So it was, uh, yeah, this is a nine-year-old story, and it still just has people on the internet just baffled. 
So I had to to do it. I had to do it. So I need to find this book because that sounds super interesting and I must know all the things. Now, did you read all parts of the story or is that just one part? I was afraid that if I read any of the other parts, I believe there are three more. um, And the second one is very long. And I was afraid that if I read any more that I'd want to work them all into some like multi-part episode. So I was like, nope, 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 nope. (laughs) Just one. It's Just perfect like, right there where yeah, it's at. It's People want to know more. They can look up the dude on the Reddit. Yeah. Um, so well told, sir. And wow, that was a good one. I'm still reeling. Still. <laughs> that last line. The last line fucked me up. I was sitting on the mm-hmm. couch and I was like going through stories because I always find a story, but then I'm always like falling down the rabbit hole and, and stuff. And so I found this story a couple of days ago and I was just like, this is good. And I got the last line. I was like, holy shit. This is insane. This is it right this here. Is it. I got to do this story. So awesome. Good. So cool. Let's throw it over to some commercials and some things. And I shall tell you a story that's not nearly as good as yours. Oh, I hope it's spooky. I hope it scares me. Are you a coffee addict like me? Well, check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash Bones Coffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Are you looking for that next great read? Well, I've got you because I wrote it. Head on over to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and order yourself a copy of my book, I'd Rather Talk to Dead People, where I tell you the ins and the outs of my paranormal journey thus far. If you've watched the TV show Oddity Files on Amazon Prime or YouTube, this is the perfect companion piece to give you an inside look on what was going on inside my head during my most prominent investigations to date. Again, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by Kitsy Duncan. Thank you. So guys, have you heard of paraboxmonthly.com? Get ready for this. It's kind of cool. Every box contains an amazing soft style paranormal t-shirt and a content card. These items also contain a hidden password. Okay, once discovered, it'll open up a new mystery online. How cool is that? If you can solve their challenge, you'll be entered into a monthly drawing for free merchandise. So cool. So here's all you need to do. You head to paraboxmonthly.com and add promo code oddityfiles and you're set. 
Check it out. It's paraboxmonthly.com, promo code OddityFiles. Check it out. Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking, heartfelt, funny. This new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's the letter X. This all-female paranormal team, including myself, Kitsy Duncan, KJ, and spirit medium, Tiffany Rice. Go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind. Nine times out of ten, there's happy tears, there's laughter, This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's X as in the letter X. Do you have big dreams and think you'd love to run your own business? You might see a need in your community or the world that you think you can help fill. Or maybe you just really crave the freedom to work from when and where you want. I'm Jackie Pretzman and I help women to create businesses they love. I've partnered with Oddity Files to bring you details about Dream Business Bootcamp, my online course to kickstart your business in six weeks. In the course, we cover everything from getting clear on your business idea to creating and pricing your first offering, getting your business online, and then actually attracting ideal customers who want to pay you for what you do. Now, Dream Business Bootcamp is opening for enrollment this month, and Kitsy has something special to share just for Oddity Files listeners. She's right, guys. I do. Here's your special link for Jackie's Dream Business Bootcamp. Go to tinyurl.com slash dreambusinessbootcamp today. Thanks, Jackie. Well, I don't know that it's scary. I was kind of like, huh, I didn't know this was a thing. So we're going, we're going cryptid. Oh. And let's just get to it. <clears throat> and some science. Just there's ah, some science. Yes. Okay. Science. So we'll maybe learn a thing, possibly. It just depends on my writing skills or copy-paste skills. Um, as you longtime listeners should know by now, Nick and I have a soft side for the cryptid creatures of the world, mm-hmm. especially for a bipedal humanoid covered in fur from head to toe. Both of us hope every day that one day soon we'll wake up and there will be an unwavering evidence that these fuzzballs exist. <laughs> but needless to say, it hasn't happened yet. Unless you're a guy with a YouTube page that Nick likes to stalk. Allegedly. But I'm here to tell you the story of one cryptid that no one believed was real. I didn't even know that it had been classified as real. Um, Is now, in fact, been proven to exist. And not only that, but scientists are still trying to find more information on. I'm about to tell you the story of the Kraken. And that story goes... A little something like this. This gave me hope that we will find Bigfoot one day. I'm always like, I'm over here like, it's a unicorn. It's a unicorn. (laughs) And it wasn't. I was also thinking that when you were talking about 
that one day we'd wake up. I thought the end of your sentence was going to be and that we were being cradled by... <laughs> My mind went... In, in some sticker bushes? Sure. <laughs> we're just yeah. being cradled by a Sasquatch just... just we're like twins, like one in each arm. <laughs> can someone make that art, please? If there are artists listening Suckling to the podcast, on a T can, each. <laughs> can someone just make like Kitsy and I and Baby Buck? <laughs> just as babies oh my being held by Bigfoot. If you make the art, we will put it on a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Ursula, you're up. Okay. <laughs> So be warned, I will be butchering the hell out of some amazing scientists' names ahead. The Kraken, the mythical beast of the sea, is real. We just so happen to call them a giant squid these days. The giant squid live in the dark depths of the ocean, and very little is still known about them to this day. Most of what the world has learned about the gargantuan creature, which can grow up to 40 fucking feet long. That's Ooh. insane. Um, and live in a world devoid of sunlight is taken from their floating carcasses from the belly of sperm whales. Until 2005, no scientist had ever even photographed a living giant squid. One hadn't been filmed until 2013, but scientists believed there are millions of them out there, you know, until global warming happens. In June of 2019, an NOAA Office of the Ocean Exploration and Research Expedition captured the first footage of a giant squid in American waters. The New Yorker's David Grant wrote that the giant squid can be larger than a whale and stronger than an elephant. Hence the kraken with a beak that can sever steel cables. Here's what is known about the mysterious beast and why so much is still not known. I hate octopi. Squids, okay. Living 13,000 to 3,000 feet in the ocean. Wait, wait, wait. You can't... Was that just... No, it's was truth. That... I, octop- octopuses scare the shit out of me. Okay, Have you I ever was wondering... seen one in a jar where it can take the lid off and then get out? Fuck no. Uh-uh. Too smart for me. Nope. I that like is not that you... pet material. I like that you slipped... You found a way so seamlessly to slip that in and there was no way i was gonna let it slide i was because I, I needed <laughs> oh, I to didn't. know more <laughs> i so didn't now think it was seamless at all <laughs> oh no i <laughs> listen anyone else probably would have just been like yeah okay keep going not me <laughs> I, I, I need to know the history of that of that comment a squid or deeper downer in the ocean it's, I mean, as far as I know, I don't know anything about the ocean because it's so big and terrifying um so that's my know i just octopuses Mm, no okay anyway living 13,000 to 3,000 feet down in the ocean giant squid inhabit the deepest darkest places in the world no one knows for sure how long they live for how they find partners how they migrate where they lay their eggs or even if they make any sounds to put it bluntly the giant squid remains as much a mystery as the Kraken still to this day. Genetics show they've been around for 730,000 years. They've been in human legends for hundreds of years, 
giant squid are the inspiration for the kraken in North Norse mythology and Pirates of the Caribbean and the beasts in Jewel Fern's book, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. One particularly good story was written in The Natural History of Norway in 1755, which described the giant squid, then known as the Kraken, as being as large as a number of small islands. And when the giant squid began to sink, it caused whirlpools that sucked everybody down with it. Until about 150 years ago, most people didn't think they were real. They were sea monsters made up by sailors, but their existence started to become more plausible. One factor was finding sucker scars like burn marks all over sperm whales, their main predator. Their beaks have also been found in whales' stomachs. These were signs of the deep sea battles waged between the whale and the squid, which I would fucking love to see. That would be I I, I didn't I didn't know whales went that <clears throat> far down. Honestly, the squids will come up. <sighs> so they're not always I get to it later on. I may skip over it. I don't know. I'm not sure. But they, they have been known to come up. OK, um, but I would love to see the squid versus sperm whale on, you know, like you have shark week and then you have squid week. I Why feel not? like I feel like you wouldn't be a fan of Squid Week based on the comments you just made a couple minutes ago. Okay, I love whales though, so uh, we can have Whale Week. I I'm love whales. Terrified okay. of whales, so <laughs> this is just not working. You and my daughter-in-law are the only people I know that are terrified of whales. They're just so big. <laughs> They're so magical and mystical. In 1857, Japetus Steenstrup, a Danish zoologist at the University of Copenhagen, introduced the giant squig, squid, squig, squid, squid, squiggy, Lenny and Squiggy, Laverne and Shirley, way, way before your time, um, <laughs> into the scientific community. After studying a beak, and only a beak, that washed up in Denmark, he published his research and confirmed to the world that the giant squid was, in fact, real. He named them Architethus dux, which is Latin for ruling squid. And then in 1873, three fishermen in Conception Bay, Newfoundland, came upon a giant squid that tried to sink their boat. They fought it off, and the squid escaped after releasing dark clouds of ink. But the fishermen managed to secure a 19-foot tentacle. More proof that the mystic, excuse me, the mythic squid's existence. So what made the giant squid tantalizing was their carcasses were starting to wash up reasonably often on the shore, but it was unheard of for anyone other than the fishermen to see them alive. The reason so many carcasses have been found by fishermen is because giant squid are filled with ammonium ions, which sounds super fancy, which are actually lighter than seawater. So after they die, they just kind of float to the top. Kind of, I wonder if it's belly up like a goldfish. Yeah. Huh. Fast forward to 1997, U.S. National Geographic tried to use sperm whales to study the giant squid. And I mean, this sounds pretty smart, but it's really stupid if you think about it. They attached video cameras to the whales 
hoping to see the whale eating the squid, but they weren't successful. <sighs> I guess that's why this video doesn't exist that I want to see. <laughs> okay. New Zealand marine biologist Steve O'Shea, whom the New Yorker dubbed as the squid hunter, <laughs> was for a time one of the most well-known giant squid scientists, and his quest began in 1996 and ended in 2011. So one of O'Shea's goals had been to unveil a giant squid to the public in an aquarium. He wanted everyone, not just scientists and fishermen, to experience the majesty of these animals up close and personal, rather than watching a fleeting, grating, grainy image on a television on a television screen. In 2003. This O'Shea guy turns into a whack job real quick, and here it comes. In 2003, O'Shea led a team trying to document the giant squid as they migrated to the New Zealand waters. His plan was to grind up squid sex organs and squirt them into the water to get the squids to mate with the camera lens. He told the BBC at the time, the freezer bag at home to my wife's disgust, is actually full of giant squid gonad samples. We're going to grind all this up, and we're going to have this puree coming out from the camera, squirting into the water. He said the dream was to get sensational footage of the giant squid trying to do obscene things with the camera. However, the experiment failed. <laughs> I mean, with an attitude like that, mister, you're going to get nowhere fast. Did you ask consent to film this majestic animal having sex probably not so fuck yeah <laughs> it's gonna wind up on tiktok of some idiot being like hey this squid fucks <laughs> literally like what is that that's not good for anything you're literally like begging you're begging for this like you had everyone's attention mm -hmm. everyone's and then attention. he got high <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then he's like, no, no, this is what we're going to do. Just get kid. it to come to the ocean. I want the squid to fuck the camera. Can like, you uh, imagine uh, how famous we'll be? <laughs> come again? Uh, <laughs> yeah, something <Whoa>. like that. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, buddy. Chill out. Let's squid first. Safe squid sex first. Okay. And then on September 30th, 2004, the giant squid became a little less mythic. Marine biologists, Tsunemi Kubadera and Kiachi Mori took the first ever photo of a living giant squid off the coast of Japan's Chichijima, maybe, island, where sperm whales were recorded with suction marks. They lowered a hook with a camera and bait not gonads, but bait, down 3,000 feet. A giant squid attacked and used its tentacles to envelop the bait like a python. It, it, uh, like a python envelops its prey. After four <laughs> hours of trying to free its tentacles, it died. Oh, no. How I anticlimactic. Feel like... I mean, I nobody's having luck. It's so sad, but I also, it's like... I feel like the headline, the best headline would have been like Squid tries to fuck bait pole. <laughs> and it's like the, well. then the guy with the camera is like, see, I told you. This is what we needed. This is what I'm trying to tell this you. This is the footage I was trying to get. 
Oh, so Tsunami said the incident changed the perception of the giant squid being a laid-back, deep-sea drifter and gave way to an image of a quick and agile predator of the deep. Uh, Tsunami was on a roll. In 2006, his team published the first video of a live giant squid. It was relatively small at 110 pounds and only 11 feet long, so, you know, baby squid. But it was the first moving pictures of the creature that anyone had ever seen. In 2007, a 6.5-foot-long, 555-pound giant squid washed up in Tasmania with its tentacles measured 26 feet, the exact same length as a bus. Uh, Tasmanian Museum curator David Pemberton said it was one of the biggest ever discovered. Was it though? At six and a half feet. I say that's like the nor- <clears throat> normal size. I mean, like six and a half feet. Are we talking the base of this? Of the oh, squid? that could very well be. I mean, it's five hundred pounds. Yeah, it's got to be like oh, six and a half. With its tentacles, it measured twenty-six feet. Okay, yeah. there we go. In two thousand twelve, a giant squid was recorded in its natural habitat for the first time. The trick to it was using a camera designed by marine biologist. Edith Witter, of course, it took a woman and not, you know, Mr. Munchies sex. Um, but this emitted a blue light, like the light produced by a type of jellyfish known as Atola. The squid they caught on camera wrapped itself around the camera mm-hmm. and confirmed to scientists that all the squids want to do is have sex with cameras. Maybe the guy was onto something. I feel like maybe he was. <laughs> Her approach was just more coy, but I would have loved another press conference where she's just like, and, uh, and <laughs> excuse me, um, what, and what's the blue light going to do? Well, you see, uh, the way we position the camera is that the squid will uh, fornicate with the camera. <laughs> it's like, ma'am, are you saying that the squid is going to fuck the camera? <laughs> like, well, scientifically speaking. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. Coitus. That's the word yeah, we co- use in science. Coital uh, <laughs> experimentation. But she says that it just confirmed the fact that the squid was a predator, a horny predator, apparently. So Witter told the BBC that there were probably millions in the oceans and since they kept so many sperm whales fed. It's because humans scared them off that more hadn't been seen. Um, more evidence was gathered in 2016 when a young female giant squid weighing 231 pounds washed up dead on the Breas Peninsula in Spain, and its depth pointed to the possibility that the that giant squid kill each other for food or piracy. So they're getting really super interesting. Oh, at least I think so. I, I kind of like animals. Um... <laughs> In June 2019, about 100 miles southwest of New Orleans in the Gulf of Mexico, the first giant squid was caught on camera in American waters. Holy fuck, they're in the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm, they're coming. <laughs> yeah. Nathan Robinson, who headed the team, found the clip after reviewing 20 hours of footage My heart felt like exploding, he told the New York Times. The discovery was important because the giant squid was filmed not far from one of the largest deep water oil rigs in the world. Sankey Johnson, a Duke University biology professor, told the Times it dispelled the notion of a monster lurking in remote waters. 
you could be out there and beneath you is a giant squid. Things of our wildest imagination. They're part of our land. They're part of our country, Johnson told the Times. So for now, the largest recorded giant squid, squid measured up to 43 feet. Their cousin, the colossal squid, can grow up to 45 feet long, which is actually longer. Okay. But scientists think the giant squid can grow up to 66 feet long. So both these squid have large eyes, the largest eyes on the planet to be in fact, um, up to 12 inches wide, as big as a basketball. Scientists think it's because it's necessary to see the clouds of bioluminescence, which let them know when a sperm whale is approaching. Their sharp beak in the center of their arms slices its prey into little pieces, which are then ground down by a tongue-like organ. And um, for now... They remain mysterious, elusive, and hard to catch. So there you have it, kids. I didn't know that the Kraken was really a giant squid. Probably far too much information about the giant squid than you guys cared to even know. But I found it super interesting. And I thank thebusinessinsider.com for the assist and the legwork on this story. Well, I, for one, just want to thank you for releasing the Kraken. <laughs> You've been waiting this entire time to say that, haven't you? Oh, uh, I've been around too long. You can see right through me. I'm transparent <laughs> like the Invisible Man. <laughs> okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know, we, we talk about our pets all the time, and... We kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash OFChewy. You help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror, all the time streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans. Shudder is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. G-E-T-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's get scared. Not every haunting is driven by evil. It happens even in the most mundane of places. Down the block, around the corner, 
and sometimes in our own homes. Paranormal Crossroad is here to bridge the gap between the living and the dead. Are you living through a haunting at home or at work? Do you need answers? Contact the all-female paranormal research team today. Go to pxroad.com to get the answers you seek. Oh, shit. Um, real quick, let me do what I forgot to do, if you don't mind, and pull up a story if we have one. I'm going to double check. Oh, yeah, for those of you that haven't yet, we're, we still need stories. Uh-huh. So please drop us a line at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. We would love to tell your story on the air. Feel You are more than welcome to remain remain anonymous and um okay i should probably clean out this email box okay we're finding one live we absolutely are which i will probably cut out so this comes to us from a gentleman in the uk who is he, he reaches out to me on the Facebook quite often. Um, he loves the paranormal, has had several experiences, but he feels like he has nobody in the UK to talk to about this. Oh. So those of y'all that are in the UK and have paranormal groups, he, he feels like it's very taboo over there. And I, I don't feel that way. I feel like we have a lot of listeners in the UK. And um, I think he should meet somebody maybe in the oddity files fan group on on the facebook so maybe we should start doing shout outs like that on there i don't know i agree so barry sent this story and i think i will probably only read a part of it because it's it's super lengthy so it says hi kitsy and nick so talking to you on messenger a few days ago i said i would share some of my stories my childhood was like the sixth sense movie i had imaginary friends that i talked to as a child i've had so many different experiences that to be honest i'm not sure who who was real and who was not anymore so many of those memories just seem like a really horrible dream one thing I'm planning to do is possibly have regression back to my childhood to maybe relive some of those memories to get confirmation. What I do know is that it's spilled into my adult life. In my 20s, I used to give psychometry readings and was so accurate that it scared people and it scared them away. I've lost count how many friends I've lost due to this romantic relationships too. One sex partner said when, and I probably should have proofread this one first. I hope it's not terrible. uh, Said when ending the relationship, you are an amazing guy. One of the kindest men I've known. And I know you would never hurt me. But when we are kids, we desperately try to tell ourselves that the ghosts, the monsters, and the boogeyman, that they just aren't real. That our childish minds make them up. And then I meet somebody like you. And I've seen the things around you, and I've seen the things you can do. And then I just know that everything I feared as a kid was real. And every time I look at you, it's a reminder that they are real. This was pretty much her goodbye speech. We stayed friends, but yeah. Three ladies of Paranormal Crossroads. If your spirituality or gifts hindered or affected your life, friendship, marriages, romance, 
relationships, pretty much mine have all ended each time due to the paranormal. So, yeah, um, that's right. I told him I would talk about this on the podcast. Um, I It's not a secret that my husband thinks I'm batshit crazy. Uh, <laughs> he's not into it at all. I mean, I don't watch the ghost shows and stuff around him, but... You know, as, you know, being together 27 fucking years, we each, you know, do have, like, I don't play video games, but he loves them. I, I take thing. Um, Nick, what are, what are your fiance's thoughts on Bigfoot? We've never spoke about this. I mean, listen, like, I've always been very, I, f- I feel ever since I was a kid and I sort of got a read on how people respond when you tell them that Bigfoot's real. As I've grown older with it and my love for it, I have always brought a sense of humor to it. Um, And I find that if you level with people, you get them, you can get them to listen. And so, I mean, personally, like, I mean, my fiance knows that I, I am very firm in my beliefs, but she also knows that at any given moment I can make a joke about it. Um, yeah. And so it's just normal. Like everything is, is very normal and including friends, like friends who I've dragged to, to the Bigfoot museum in Georgia. Uh, I, you, you just fucking wait till you walk in, you wait till you walk in cause you're going to, what well, you're going to walk out a believer. I guarantee it. Uh, and it's just, it, it's, I don't know. It's, it's all in good fun. Uh, I think paranormal is obviously a little bit different than cryptid stuff. You know, though, but it's all how you handle it. And I I feel like um, he's got to be a little more lighthearted about it and and not be so doom and gloom about it. Maybe he should talk to a therapist about it because I feel like it's the experiences he had as a child has really affected him. And... I think he's looking for people to disapprove of of what he went through as a child. And if you're putting that vibe out, that's no good. No good at all. Like, I, I've never talked to somebody and said, well, what, what do you do? I'm like, well, you know, I take photo ops at Comic-Cons. What, what do you do beside that? Well, I hunt ghosts. Oh, my God, that's so cool. Tell me more. Yeah. But it's, it's not like, well, I... I'm a researcher of the paranormal. Uh, you know, you, you gotta, life's too fucking short to take it all so seriously. You gotta yeah. find the fun in everything. You gotta own it and find the fun for sure. And I think like having people to talk about it is one big thing. Like I have, I don't wear long sleeve shirts or jackets a ton and I have a big fucking Bigfoot tattoo on my arm. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a conversation starter um, but I think the biggest thing that's so important about about what he said earlier on is like not having people to really talk to about it. And I think you learn to find a line or like educate yourself on awareness and how to talk about things when you actually talk to people about it. And I've just been, uh, I mean, just speaking personally, like I have been very open about Bigfoot and stuff since I was in the fifth grade uh, up to this point and it's and it sort of becomes like a party trick where someone's like hey ask Nick about Nick's got a story yeah and I talk about it and and I you know I feel grateful that even if it if it's been in good fun for some people that it's like bordering on making fun of me I lean into it I'm like fuck it you want to have fun let's have some fun Um, absolutely 
But yeah, the more you talk to people about it, the better you will understand how to talk about it. But the key is just finding people who will listen first. And yeah. and that will be help uh, in navigating and maybe finding an Oddity Files fan group is fantastic. Uh, because yeah. we have so much technology where you can get on a Zoom with somebody who will be interested in hearing like your stories and uh, you know even being in the UK in the US like if you have an iPhone you call over Wi-Fi like there is there are yeah. ways that you can WhatsApp. get people yeah WhatsApp as well like just talk to people who are interested uh, it's like I I, I view it no different as talking about like film and music if you're interested oh, yeah. in film and music. You want to talk to people about it because sometimes if you don't have people to talk to it about talk to about it often, you feel that you're talking about it too much to someone who doesn't give a fuck. Right. And that has always been a problem of mine where I want to talk about movies for hours and the person who I've just met is like, I'd really not I don't want to spend time talking about this. <laughs> uh, so it's and just it, like yeah. Ex- and I, I kind of get the vibe that it he treats it like a dirty little secret. No. Embrace it. Yes. You you got you, you you have a gift. Whether you see it that way or not, it is literally a gift. You need to embrace it and and find others that embrace it as well. I think because it scared him so much because he thinks it's such a terrible thing that he doesn't bring it up in a way that I would when I meet somebody. It's like, "Oh, like, you know, I I meet Chris, Chris Hemsworth and I'm like, Oh yeah, I hunt ghosts. <laughs> you know? It's super interesting because it it's really like is. a topic that might not seem normal or common for people, but also, and I've said this before many episodes ago, try journaling. Journaling is yeah. not for anyone. It's not like you don't have to finding the right, just get a leather bound journal or whatever journal you think is interesting enough to grab on your nightstand and write shit down. Like write in your journal, journal, dig up the past as far as paranormal stuff goes and just write it all down. And if you want to really get a, a whole, a handle on like your thoughts and what you're saying and how it might sound coming out, you know, being, you know, put into words, read your writing and look at it and go, yeah. okay, maybe I can spin this in a way that is an interesting conversation, but doesn't sound as intense as it feels to me personally. Journaling, I think, would be great. I think it would help him come to terms with what he dealt with. And just, I think, knowing that you are not the only person who has dealt with this would be a huge relief for you. So, Barry, I invite you to join the Oddity Files fan group. I invite you to, um, I'm not even sure if he listens to the podcast or not. I'll have to message him back and see if he does. I think he'd, he'd have a whole new outlook on it i think he just found me through the tv shows so um yeah i'll reach out and and we are welcoming you right now because this will probably be the first episode you listen to and i hope this helps and i like the way that people are asking us for advice nick i mean we're no professionals no (laughs) but we'd like to talk so yeah well and like and i feel like asking for normalcy is like that's what this podcast is you know an hour ago we were talking about uh a merger that doesn't really affect anybody at all and then we're talking about ghost stories and we're talking about giant squids like that's just how this happens like this is who we are as a community and there are a lot of people specifically um 
who are open and interested to talk about it. My favorite, yeah. and, and I won't go any longer because I know this episode's running long, but one of my favorite things to do when I used to work retail, this was many years ago, many years ago when we didn't have the shit that we have now, like Discovery Plus with ghost shows and all this, I, we would, in, would be in the break room, and if it was a busy time, first week of work, I did this at multiple jobs, and we'd all sit down for lunch. If it was busy, I'd look at one person and say, like, hey, do you do you have any, like, ghost stories or anything? And I would love it. It opens this floodgate. Some of the best ghost stories I've ever heard, like true paranormal stories from people who are skeptics and don't openly talk about it. Yeah. Came from these conversations. Oh people want to talk about it. Yeah. So talk to them about they it. They do. They really, truly do. If I, when I was at conventions and whatnot, if I had a dollar for everybody, you know, I have a ghost story. You know, I have a ghost story. You know, I have a ghost story. So send those stories in, guys. We need them at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Know that we appreciate every single one of you so much. You guys have no idea how much we love doing this. I just like hanging out with Nick once a week. It's it's cathartic. Is that the word I'm looking for? That's a great word. That's a great word for it. I love it. Is it? I love. Okay. I lo- yeah. It's amazing. I'm grateful to be on this journey and that so many people who are listening uh, feel and share sort of the same mind and world that we live in. So I'm, I'm grateful to be not shouting into an echo chamber and talking to like-minded people, which I think feels uh, very good uh, every day that goes on because I feel like we grow apart every hour it seems these days with everything yeah. going on so it's good it's very yeah. good I'm grateful same exact same super grateful for Doug Maldenlock the Emmy winning Doug Maldenlock um, Donald Blanchflower and Ryan Hoke for being the executive producers guys real quick July 9th not I said June 9th. I fixed it in a voiceover. But July 9th, PopCon, Indianapolis. Tickets are on sale for our live in-studio taping of Paranormal X Road or Paranormal Crossroad, whatever you want to call it, all the stuff and all the things. I hope you can make it. On that note, where does the new cool? I'm Kitsy Duncan. Did I do that backwards? <laughs> yeah. Son of, I'm Kitsy Duncan. Where does the new cool? <laughs> I'm Nick Floyd. Ghost on. Son of a bitch. I think that's twice in a row I fucked that up. That whole thing felt like a season finale. Everybody <laughs> wanted to be like, and tune in in, in next season when we... <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed Network. We hope we're just what you needed. The podcast is brought to you by the Oddity Files TV show. Have you heard of it? Have you watched it? Head on over to Amazon Prime Video and check out Oddity Files, a three-season investigative paranormal show. Music provided by James Grice. Please support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Give a little give a lot. It helps support the podcast. And we appreciate our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden Locke, and Ryan Hoke. We have a merch store. Can't get enough of Oddity Files? Wear us on your body. tpublic.com 
slash stores slash oddity dash files. Please support our partners. Every little bit helps. Rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's what helps us get the word out there. And you know, we can always use a new weirdo or two. Come hang out with us on our Facebook fan group. Just search Oddity Files fan group. All kinds of fun stuff. You can win things. You can read memes. You can buy cool shit. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Okay, go. I'm done. What are you still doing here? Just get out of here. God, I love Ferris Bueller.